You're listening to Cave Over Digital, the podcast. Bulubinaka and uh, welcome. I'm uh, Calden Kamir for Cave Over Digital. And today I've got an absolute honor to uh, interview this great legend of rugby in Fiji, Britain and the Pacific and the world, in fact. Pio Bosco Tiko Isuba, <laughs> the emperor himself. And I mention that because his new book, which has just come out here in Fiji, called Emperor Bosco, is, uh, is a fascinating read. I, um, I read it all in one afternoon and uh, it's amazing and gave me some great insights for the interview today. So welcome, Bosco, and <laughs> thank you very, very much. Um, so um, Bosco uh, had a very illustrious career, played 19 tests for Fiji from 1968 through to 1979. He was only 21 years old when he uh, debuted for Fiji against Tonga in the second test of a three-test series. And for the first test, after the trials, they said they didn't pick him because he was too small. <laughs> and yet his uh, great-grandfather was one of the uh, instrumental warrior chiefs for the Tuidakau when they fought off and beat uh, Maafu's warriors, uh, led by the great uh, Tongan uh, warlord Vainikolo at uh, the Battle of Wairiki in 1864, yeah, I think yeah, it was, yeah. 1864. Mm. And uh, to this day, those uh, warriors from uh, Rauriko village <laughs> in near Undu Point, <laughs> who were loyal to the Tuidakau and fought mm -hmm. for him alongside many, many others, uh, uh, founded uh, Ngeleni village in Tabuni. Bit of history there for you guys all and um, amazing, amazing and uh, in the, to be in the presence of Pio Bosco Tikosuva here today. So um, I read the book and uh, really want to base my uh, interview this afternoon with Bosco around uh, the book. And uh, to start off with uh, Bosco in your early years, eh? you mentioned uh, two key things that stood out, discipline and physical responsibility when you were a young boy growing up. Yeah, that was the traditional Fijian uh, lifestyle at that time. Whatever your father says, you do it. You have no response at all. <laughs> no matter what it is, if your father tells you something, you have to do it. Yes. And at that time too, if you disobey your father, he'll give you the really working, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a strong discipline uh, life, eh? Yes. On the thing. And uh, that's how uh, I said that when, uh, and when you're small, you're doing all the physical work, eh? Yes. The physical work, uh, not easy. That's what uh, I told the people, uh, and in 2007, six, I was back in the office for 2000 as manager of the Rugby World Cup Sevens. The development officer for my Faru came to me and said, Boss, I said, what? What is the difference between the props during your time and the props now? And I told him, you know, the props during my time, all of us are brought up in the village. By 11 years old, we're doing our weightlifting with all of <laughs> the bloody new and bubuka, and then you go down and everything from the bush, right up the plantation, up in the bush. We're doing all our physical thing by when you're about 11 years old. By the time we come and play for Fiji, our muscles are real, all muscles are strong. Right. Now these people, we have to go to the gym. Us, no. <laughs> that's why our props are very strong at that time. <laughs> yeah, so that's a uh, thing, and that's in the village growing, eh? And you grow up in the village, nothing. You work, walk bare feet everywhere. <laughs> yes. Thing. And it's a really, a lot of, everything is on physical thing, eh? Long walk to the plantations and everything, carrying heavy loads and all. But that's, that's part of a daily life, daily life on the, when you're growing up. So by the time you grow up, until about 20 or 
body was really well prepared. Yes. Well prepared. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Bosco. I remember very similarly Zinzan Brook, one of my uh, one of my idols as well, saying that he had a similar situation growing up on the farm in New Zealand and with all his brothers. You had six uh, other brothers. Yeah, I've got uh, six other brothers and two sisters. Yes, mm. and uh, you guys were just playing and competing and uh, doing all the sharing, all the work, all the time. Mm. So there was a lot of uh, competition all the time. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, a discipline too. When you get up in the morning, you have to go and break the fallen leaves, go and feed the pigs before you even go to do school. <laughs> it's all yeah. our daily, daily thing, our daily job, and the thing. <laughs> And I remember one of the uh, interesting parts of the book which uh, made me laugh was uh, your uncle uh, came to see your father, your namesake, and to request you, to adopt you. And uh, as you say in the book, with a nod of the he your, his head, your father said, yes, yeah. no paperwork, no nothing. Yeah, no paperwork, and that's because I was named after him. Yes. He was in Suba after he came back from Malaya. He yes. went to the Malayan uh, thing. Yeah. So his name is Pierre. So when he was in uh, Suba, I was born. My name was Tikwe Suba. That's yes. the name after him. So when he came home, he just came and asked my father if he can adopt me. So straight away, my father just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he was, uh, you know, the relations are very close. Yes. Very close relations. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So he just, my father just said yes. So that's it. Uh, and uh, our house was not very far apart. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So luckily it was only uh, 200 meters away. Yeah, and uh, And that true. was uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and your father, Ratu Samuela Matana, was a school teacher. He was a school teacher and uh, he started our school in uh, the village of uh, Geleni. Not only started it, he built it himself. And he was a teacher also, so he started teaching there. And, uh, thing. <laughs> Amazing. And mm. um, I think what flowed from him, uh, from what I can see in the book is, um, reading the book rather, was that um, the value of education and the value of goal setting I was amazed that he even told you later on in life, uh, all of your children, all of your siblings, that no one is to leave school to, to attend his funeral should he pass. Right? That was because yeah, so he valued the, your education so much. During school holidays, every Sunday he'll call us for a meeting. And that's one of the things that he raised, he said, when I die, do not leave school. You know, don't disturb your school, stay in school. So when he died, um, in 62, I was my first day in Lawati. I was the only one who didn't go to his funeral, interviewed. Because yeah. yeah. I was the only one away. My elder brother was in Corpus Christi, he just can fly back to the funeral. The rest were in Wairiki. Yeah. Uh, so all of them attended the funeral. I was the only one who didn't attend his funeral. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, at then too, uh, in Lawati, it's not easy, eh? traveling. Yes. Eh? yes. That's what I told his people, uh, you people lucky now. Transportation is good. During my time in Dawadi, all of our new Lebubu students, we come in February, we don't go back till December. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we stay in Dawadi the whole year, man. Yeah. Whole year. <laughs> Even though, yeah, it was just meant to be for school, you had to spend your holidays there. Yeah, we stay school. there. We stay in school every yeah. right through, right through. Yeah. Right up to December, then we go back home. Man. And at that time, I said, even to leave Taviuni to come to Ovalau, one week. Because yes. we used to go on the boat that, um, pick up a, 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 a copra, eh? copra. Yes. so plenty places they stop. Eh? So yeah. one week it'll take us from Tavuni to Ovalau. <laughs> yeah. Life at the time, I told him, life at the time is not easy. 
Yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> I, I, um, I was also struck by your dad. Um, actually, you found out much later in life, too, that uh, you weren't registered in the VKB, the Wolonikawambula, in, in, in Galeni, but from uh, Rauriko village up near Undu Point, which is your... Can you explain the story behind that? Yeah, when we, uh, we were growing up, we just know that we're from Galeni. Yes. And we never knew about our connections in Rauriko and Dongutuki Madwata. So when, uh, when he was said, I thought that, uh, so when he died, then I was surprised to see that he registered all of us in uh, Madwat, in the Roriko village in Dongtuk, Madwat. Yes. And then we find out, then I find out, oh yeah, that, you know, his uh, father is from there, you know, the, uh, and they got the land and everything there, so he wants us to be registered there. Then, so we went. We went traditional. We yes. took uh, our traditional was there to Morogriko village. Yes. So then after that we took our children and nothing. So now I said we got two villages at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> one in Morogriko and one in Tawin in Gilin. When you uh, spent your, you left Tawuni as a young man after primary school, as a young child rather, after a young boy after primary school, then you went to uh, to the Wadi in Ovalawe, and I mm. just want to uh, touch on that for a moment because you mentioned particularly uh, Father Wanga as Ooh. being a big influence in your life as well. Can you tell us yeah, about it? Yeah, I said, you know, how Father Wanga used to coach us. Uh, he's a rugby coach, eh? Yes. And the training program that he really imposed on us is very, very tough. And that's what I said, you know, we're lucky that uh, when they come to Fiji team, sometimes when there's a Fiji team announced, you see about five the Wadi boy, ex Wadi boys will be in the team. Yes. All the uh, Father Wangas. Because uh, when he, poof, when he trained us, and I like uh, in the Wadi, there's a hill up. Yes. And there's the sisters' uh, quarters up there. So before we start our training on the ground, he'll get us to go up there 10 times before that's our running warm up, too, before <laughs> we come on the ground yeah. thing. And then every morning he will say, eh. Hey, I want to see you do your running in the morning before the church service at six. So he'll be say, watching from his room up there. <laughs> first, uh, first uh, class, he'll say, where were you? I didn't see you running this morning. <laughs> oh, but he's very strict in now. Yes. But oh, he's uh, really, physically, he's, he's really prepared as well yes. on, uh, in our rugby. Yeah? <coughs> oh. Uh, so uh, we were lucky that we came. Uh, you came across came him in across your life eh? yeah. at a, at a uh, early true. time in your development, Very true. Eh? rugby development. Very true. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and um, Bosco, it was uh, a lot of people won't know because you are such a brilliant back, and a lot of people only know you as a fly half. Uh, but really, I, I, my first memory of you was on the wing here at uh, Suva Saint John Marist, and for Suva playing in the early seventies. Pio Bosco mesmerized the people because he was small in stature, but he had the sidestep, the goose step, all before Serevi's time, before David Campisi. This man was magical on the wing, and uh, people would just be saying his name, Bosco, because uh, no one could, could uh, get him, you know, and no one could catch him. He was such a... Uh, artful dodger, eh, too. Mm -hmm. But you were very big, well-developed, very stocky, uh, and uh, it was funny to read that you were playing in the Fords all of your life in the school, yeah. right up to first 15, yeah. you were flanker. But uh, before flanker. that, all the Fords. The first time I ever went to Backland, we played against Grammar, St. Right. John's. Right. And our center was Larry Yes. And he got injured. 
and straight away father on the pull my ear from flanker to center. <laughs> That's when <laughs> I started my right. my backline game. But in the forwards, you enjoyed yeah. it? No, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Because at the time, it's not the position. It's my love for the game of rugby. I, I just enjoy playing. I yes. don't care where, which <laughs> position, as long as I play. That's that's my thing. The love of the game. Eh? Yes, love of the game. <laughs> and uh, you never got injured really in a bad way because you were very very well built. Eh? You you get, um, you know you um, put it back to your early upbringing. Very strong. Well, I've been telling you, I injured my ankle? left ankle when yes. I was uh, in, in Gelani Primary. Yes. We were playing soccer. <laughs> and then we hit each other, we kicked the ball with one bigger bigger guy than me. We missed the ball and we hit each other's legs. Straight away they have to carry me from there to my father. My father called one uh, elderly guy there to come and match the thing. And that's when I said, every time I play the rugby, I have to strap my ankle. Yes. <laughs> strap my ankle, every game. Just yeah. to be, that's uh, the, the, the injury that I had when I was just about six years old. <laughs> yeah, and that was stayed with you right through your yeah, career. Right through, that, right through uh, my ankle career. Injury, yeah. yeah, amazing. Throughout my career, and then uh, I was said, I there's a few, and then uh, Fiji rugby, and I said, yeah, a few other small injuries, yeah, yes. nose and everything, yeah, yeah yes. broken nose and all. But there again, I said it's uh, that. Um, that's right. You broke your nose while playing for Fiji in England, I think it was, in a game in England. And yeah, uh, got you never got it checked, really. <laughs> we, when we played Wales, eh? yes. first 15 minutes, oh, I broke it. My white jersey, the blood. Yes. I said, no, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to play right through. And I stayed the whole. Straight after that, after that, we're going to travel right up to London again and then back to Fiji. So straight after the game, the Wales uh, officials came. Boss, we can't take you to the doctor because we had to go yes. up. But as soon as you reach Fiji, go and see a doctor. I said, I never see a doctor until now. <laughs> yeah. Even though with a broken nose, yeah. eh? broken nose. I said, no. I said, that uh, thing is, uh, I told them, the mental toughness. Yes. Mental toughness is something you cannot just sit down and think about it. It has to be part of your training program, the mental <laughs> toughness. And yeah, amazing. You progressed through the Wadi, played the uh, first 15 rugby there, brilliant uh, career in school. And then um, you uh, left for to join the Ministry of Forests as a forest officer. Forest up in Nukuru Forest Station. Someone was meant to. Uh, can you tell us your first day going to going to work there? Yeah, when I was said because I said most some of my most of my boys in the world went to Corpus Christi. Yes, I cannot imagine myself standing up there talking to students in a classroom. Uh, <laughs> yes, so I applied for this um, forestry. So they told me come. So I came to and they told me, go to Nukuro Forest Station. So they tell me where it is, near Nemesmais. You'll go by bus, go and get off a junction there, go up there. The one of the, the, the vehicle will be waiting for you. Because it's about a long walk. Eh? Yeah, yes. When I went there, waited, waited, nothing. Well, I have, and, and, and at the time, I had a thing, my mat, my bag, yeah. and then my oil thing. Yes. So three, I have to walk about two miles ago and put uh, one mile, put or said, come back and get the Take other one. Expired. When I went up and reached up there, I went to the office, the uh, boss there was sitting there. He was surprised to see me. I said, yeah. So I said, hey, you here? Yeah. Hey, we were just about to come down and pick you. <laughs> Bloody bugger. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I said, that time there, it's not easy. The forest, we were planting mahogany. Eh? Yes. Wow. We go up there. We started about um, 8 in the morning, finished yes. at 5, 
straight up there, come back, put on my canvas and up on the road again. Yeah. <laughs> and then Friday after work, I come by bus to here, pray for St. John's old boys on Saturday, go back on Sunday. The whole season is like that. <laughs> and I was lucky that December, we were, oh no, before one of the Sundays we went and had a few beers at uh, government printing, Vincent Lobandan. Right. So he said, hey boss, he said what? We're looking for apprentice, senior Cambridge pass. Hey, I passed my senior Cambridge. So apply. Well, straight out there, first December I was apprentice here at uh, government printing. Well, and it's good for me, it's easy. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that because for many years I've lived next to uh, Vincent Lobodine oh, in Lamy. Uh, and, uh, right. What a great man he was <laughs> yeah, too. Eh? Yeah. Sadly he's passed on, but <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy that he uh, helped you along in your yeah, career. True. To True. the printing service out of yeah. uh, out of Ministry of Forests, <laughs> that's good to hear, Bosco. Um, and uh, very early in your career, as I, I mentioned earlier, 1968, you played for Tonga. 1970, tour of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And 1970, some rugby league scout came from Australia looking True. to to recruit this man. He was given instructions: sign Pio Bosco and bring him back True. to Sydney. And uh, you managed to dodge the bullet. Yeah, I said, no, I don't know why I'm so, because they want, don't want empty-handed to go back. They take George Bundy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and George he was Bundy quite back. a formidable player yeah, too. Yeah, eh? He was yeah. an inside centre. Yes, yes. Yeah. We were playing together too. Uh, yeah. uh, so, so they took him. Eh? Yeah. Took him. I said, no, I'm not going to play rugby league. <laughs> I, I think he played for Balmain. Eh? Yeah, he went yeah. on and played, uh, mm. you know, he played a good level, yeah. top level yeah. uh, Sydney club yeah. uh, rugby league. Uh, and I, I just want to, at this point, mention the great, uh, the big O, Olsen Filipina, just passed mm. away. He also played uh, for Balmain. Mm. Um, um, uh, actually, George Bali might have played for St. George, but they were great uh, island boys mm. uh, who left in the 70s eh, to play rugby league in Australia. Money was just coming into that game there. Yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, and I want to relate this uh, <laughs> point that you... Uh, that you make because uh, when they tried to recruit you, another club mm. sent a letter and you said, uh, or oh, they called you rather, and you said to please put your contract in writing yeah. so you could give it to your lawyer. Yeah, because I said uh, I'd been yeah. hearing stories of our boys who have been going there before that. Yes. That when they are, they tell them this is how much you're going to get, you know, pay you. Yes. So when they, when they go to Australia, they go and sign, when they sign their contract, they find that the money that they were told is not the same as what's on the contract. Yes. So I said, no, that's why I wanted to get my contract first before I come. Yep. I'll give it to my lawyer, everything was said before. I don't want to go there and find out what you were promised me here is not the same as what's in the contract. Yep. That's yep. why I said, no. Yeah. If they had done the right thing, I, w I think I would have played the league. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Bosco, um, you know, it's a very pertinent point because to this day, you mm. know, 50 years after that, yeah. Our boys are still, yeah, not only Fiji, Samoa yeah. and Tonga, still being ripped off by un, untruthful uh, agents true. and recruitment. Yeah, eh? yeah, it's very yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to ask you one question. Do you think Fiji Rugby Union, Tonga Rugby Union, the Samoa Rugby Union can be doing more to try and help their young talent yeah, uh, I think with they contracts? Can. They can. They can hit the top people up there. Yeah. So that make sure that everything is done there to come change their policies and all. Yeah. That you must have a contact with the players rather than just go and talk. Yeah. And then bring them all the way here for them to go and see the contract there. They can't come back. Eh? Yes. So they just have to sign it. Well, yeah. they already. 
So I think they, they can, they still, I think the, the uh, national rugby yes. group can, can and, work. And a more them. formal uh, process. They eh? can so that uh, hit the top uh, people yeah. there too, eh? and just yeah. for the safety and uh, also for their people, eh? yes. for the young ones, the thing. Okay, thank yeah, you. Like that, that's uh, like a new uh, rugby union when I was the CEO. I hit the international rugby board. Yes. Like the Hong Kong Sevens. Yes. At that time, one year, I get around to them. Tell me, you see now, what I've seen in the rugby of Hong Kong is a referee. <laughs> they think that the second tier nation are stupid than yes. the first tier. What we did, they penalized. If they did the same, the tier one team, they did the same thing, they're not penalized. Yes. So if that's the way you're doing it, I'm going to pull them. Team all out. The team out from Hong Kong Sevens. Straight away, say, no, boss, please don't. So when I went in there, Hong Kong, poo, they had set up even a committee. After every game, referee come and report to the committee. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> so great. So I hit at the very top people. <laughs> Bosco, I absolutely laughed when I read the uh, your report on the uh, that famous game against the uh, British Barbarians in your 1972. 72. And uh, we gave them a hiding, eh? 29-9, because it was a sunny day. Oh, sunny a day. beautiful day. Yeah, and like Fiji. Hmm. And that's why I said I heard afterwards that when they selected the team, the media people, yeah. they complained. Yeah. They said they selected a very good team against Fiji. Uh, but when I said, when we thresh them, I think they, those people, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to say, eh? when yeah. we thresh them 29-9. Eh? Yes. <laughs> and uh, you scored, Fiji scored six tries, yeah. of which four were by forwards. By forwards, and that's why they said these forwards yeah, are just running like a wing. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Eh? Well, it's amazing. Man. Oh. You know, all those guys were legends, uh, oh, you yeah. know, uh, Radhika, Chonangoro, Nasibi Robobo, Good. They love to run with the ball. Yeah. Eh? And they the time, that's so why I said we're playing the flying Fijian. Eh? Yes. That's what I said, flying Fijian, that's why I said one of the reasons why do we defeat the British barbarians, the British lines. Five, I said, flying Fijians, every team in the world, as soon as they know that they play against Fiji, the first they come to mind, Flying Fijian, and they they lamb off the Flying Fijian because yes. they don't want to run, run, run. Yes. Yeah, but now we do what they want to do. As soon as we, oh, we hit, hit, they like, love that. Yeah. They love it. They don't want to la run that far away. An open <laughs> running game. No. Uh, very uh, very yeah. structured and uh, forward yeah. dominated. That's uh, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, and you quote, I, I love the li a line from your book, uh, give a Fijian a yard and you'll take a hundred. You'll take a hundred, yeah. These guys really that's lived that. That's uh, what they were saying, because they know the flying Fijian, they really love of the flying Fijian. Bosco, <laughs> <laughs> these uh, great forwards, uh, I was just uh, trying to think back and um, just in recent time, eh, I can only think of Mesake Rasari, Semisi Naevo, big running forwards and mm. we don't mm. have them mm. anymore we mm. don't make them anymore like True. those days of because i said every time you know at the time most of, all of us grew up in the village eh? yes, yes running and everything eh? yes. you know bare feet or so that's why yeah, the bare feet thing as i said to i told one yes. when harley quinn said one of the officials there came to me and said hey, one thing i cannot forget about that uh, he was in the British Army and yes. the Fiji and they played rugby. Yes. Man, when we ran into the field, we ran with boots. When the Fiji team walked in, they ran in, they ran in, no boots. Right. Okay. But they said, there's uh, the bamboo or the post, eh, the goal yes. post. Yes. And I said, I kicked the ball. I kicked the ball towards the line. It was rolling on the line and I ran in there to score and one Fijian guy came on the other side and he kicked the ball. He missed the ball, he hit the post. 
I said, man, he never even went down to massage his feet. He just turned around and around. When I looked like this, the boy here was cracking. <laughs> so then I told him, hey, you know, during our time, during we, when we grew up in the village, not only that, there's a competition there. You know, we put our feet like that, we write the match and put, see how many stick you can stick it under your well. That's, that's how thick, that's how thick. That's how thick the sole of our feet at the time. <laughs> so, uh, Bosco, after the, uh, I, I skipped to uh, your time with the Harlequins. Eh? Uh, you know, when I uh, read the book and uh, thought, just thought back of your whole career, I really do think that the people of Fiji were very unlucky in that I think you played your best rugby in the early 70s, 73 to 76, when you were with the Harlequins. Eh? Because uh, as you mentioned, as mentioned in, uh, you know, the title of the book is Emperor Bosco. That was actually from a poem that uh, was penned. Uh, one of the rugby, for uh, one of the rugby, rugby followers for anonymously wrote mm. a poem. I mean, mm. uh, I've been in rugby a long time and mm. uh, not as long as Bosco, but nobody writes poems about rugby players. Nobody, <laughs> but uh, Bosco had a poem, whole poem written, and they called him Emperor Bosco, the man, man from, from the, the friendly, friendly Isles. I said, I was surprised when I walked into changing, I was now changing room one evening. I saw it was pasted on the wall. Right? Yes. So I took it. Like yes. I took it and kept it. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> I remember uh, when we were at the Maris Club once, you told me the story, or you told a group of us boys who were there, that uh, when you were playing at Harlequins, you know, mm. um, every Saturday morning, uh, a chauffeur-driven Rolls-Royce would come with the owner inside in the back seat to pick Bosco up to take him to yeah. the game. They wanted to make sure he didn't get late to the game, so they would so they'd yeah. come and pick you up. They come and pick me up, even after the training and was there, the people will come to drop me. Yeah, <laughs> the very rich people there, they come and drop me in the rich cars. You know? yeah. See, Bosco is very humble, eh? but uh, I'm sure yeah. you know the value of the man was just mm -hmm. so apparent at Harlequin's club in the early 70s. Mm. This is before professionalism, so they just played for beer yeah. and uh, yeah, you know, whiskey. And nothing, no money, nothing. no nothing. <laughs> and I said I was lucky because at that time, no email, no nothing. Eh? Yes, yes. And uh, I think the Serbu was the head commissioner. Yes, yes. So he heard that I was coming yeah. to study. And he's the one who probably told Halikun Zarkam straight away, they telegram Fiji Rugby Union inviting me to play. So I accepted. Yes. And straight after that, England came, we played against them. And all the other teams from Richmond was there, they heard that I was coming. They come and ask me, I said, oh, too late, I've accepted Halikun and lucky because Halikuns, my college is right beside uh, their ground. Yes, yes. So I was very lucky. Very well very uh, lucky. <laughs> organized by yeah. Sir Josua. Yeah, true. <laughs> and, um, and Bosco, you, um, I, I just wanted to uh, make the point that you, um, you played uh, outside of um, uh, Sir Clive Woodward, you know, the British Lions. Sir Clive Woodward, yeah. But Sir in Clive those Woodward. days, he was younger. He was mm. the fly half. Yeah. How yeah. was he as a player? Oh, he is good. He's a very, very good player. And, uh, but at that time, the traditional game in England is half-back, face five-eight, kick, eh? yes, you know, yes. tactical kicks. Eh? Yes. And that's why I said when they moved me in there, the first half season there, we won the season. And they first saw Harlequins moving the ball. So the Harlequins fans asking the Harlequins players, hey, why is it Harlequins moving the ball? Said our face five-eight doesn't know how to kick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That was Bosco. That yeah, was me. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I said. Not you that know? you didn't know. Yeah. And that I was said, your those game. individual skills is your time to practice it. Because yeah. straight after that, we rang a toss with our fullback. He's a small fella, but can kick. 
So one time I kicked like this, I saw the ball spin. I said, shit, that's how you kicked it. So when I came back at Tamaristia, every day I was at Tamaris on my own, practicing yes. it. Yes. That was 76. Yes. And 77, I was the best kicker in Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> I told them, that's why you have to give your time to those kind of individuals. Your coach will teach you how to do it. How, when you're doing it, that's your own time to go and do it. You can't do it during the uh, team training times. Can't do it. That's the time to do it on your amazing. own. Amazing. Give the time to do it. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Now, I'm mm. just commenting, uh, Bosco, that you had this very strong work ethic eh, to coach, mm. train yourself. Yeah, train longer yourself. and harder yeah. than others. Eh? Super yeah. good. Yeah, they said, like, um, straight after the British Lions uh, defeat at the reception. Yep. Um, who is this? Uh, Barry Jones. Barry came. Jones. He was, he was heading the, the supporters group. Yes. So he came to me and said, Boss, I said, what? Man, that was a beautiful drop goal. I had a drop goal. Yes, yes. I had to ask him, do you know where I got it from? He said, when I, bought, when I left England, I bought your biography. There you're saying, within the 25 meters, when you drop goal, get the ball, let the ball lift a little, kick it. The ball will ride straight up and then out. It will stop, stop from any hands coming. But if you're doing any 40 meters, as soon as he hit the ground, kick it. The higher, the longer it goes, the higher it rises. He just shook his head and turned back. I said, see, I come and it practice that. <laughs> I come and practice that. And it really was very close. Yeah, that was yeah. all the difference, 25, right. 21. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in it, Harlequins, your first coach was Earl Curtin. Uh, Earl Curtin was our coach. Yeah, not, not, one of, not one of the uh, the greatest first fives, but a very, very shrewd oh, yeah. thinking man. Yeah, it's a New Zealand. Uh, it's yeah. a first five for All Blacks. Eh? Yes. Extra All Blacks uh, for first five. Yes. And he's the one who peeled my, pulled my ear from wing to face wave. Right. <laughs> he's he the was, one. Yeah. And he stood by you because your first yeah. three or four games yeah. were very shaky. Yeah. 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 But you know, he's there because it's uh, my first time there and uh, you know, it took me a bit of a while to, to really settle down. Eh? Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, so when he brought you in, Clive Woodward had left. Uh, Harlequins yeah, we were, took over. Yeah, because uh, no, we, he was coaching for us like uh, you know, 73, 74, 75. It's in my last uh, season. Then I said Clive Woodward uh, went and go for stuff further studies. That's when he pulled me okay. to come and play first five yep. on our final season, 75, 76 season. Yeah. And you had no problem with that move from the wing in? Well, I I just told him that I was there, but he's the one they pulled, so I just obey him. I listened to what he said, come. So that's when I went in, got in there. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. amazing <laughs> uh, how he saw whatever he saw, the skill, the talent, yeah. the yeah. brains uh, yeah. to, to move you in yeah, to such true. a critical position in, sure. in a club like Harlequins mm. in England. Eh? Yeah. And uh, I just want to mention that uh, your big wing there, uh, just grab his name, Colin Lambert. Colin Lambert. He scored 50 tries yeah. in that season. Colin Lambert, yeah. And he, and he <laughs> you know, he came to you and thanked yeah. you because yeah. uh, it was yeah. a difference, eh? A new yes, first true. five and true. different style. Yeah. Spin the ball <laughs> wide. Yeah, really great. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, truly uh, take my head off to you, Bosco, yeah. because um, I think, uh, you know, we really, as I said, we... Um, uh, we really uh, didn't see the best of you here in Fiji, <laughs> yeah? but uh, you must have been playing that uh, for for um, uh, for the Harlequins club. Mm. Uh, so looking back, uh, looking back, Bosco, what is your favourite position of all? Out on the wing, fly half or flanker, and what and what you know do you like about or don't like about each of those positions? Because you played them, I never saw you play flanker, of course, in school, but. On the wing, you were brilliant on the wing. You got picked for Fiji on the wing, and then mm. fly half. Yeah. 
Well, see, in a fly-off, you have to be really, you know, I think it's, it's the right time for me to, because yes. I've played so many years and all that, and I somewhat understand a lot of situations in the game. Yep. Then there, because you're the decision maker. Yes. Decision maker at yep. first five, yeah? Yes. And you uh, have to call on the, that's what, uh, in the halfback, I tell him, just so I said, I'll call less or wrong. That means left or right. <laughs> right. If I can less, that means you don't have to look at me. Just listen to what I'll call from the back. And those are the things because I can see what the situation is yeah? right. at the right. front and the thing. And then uh, I said on the wing, okay, wing, it's okay. But I'm not, a, I told him that's why I, I never played the wing. I never ran 100 meters. But somehow you know, I was pulled up in the fish team to go and play on the wing yep. on the thing. But I think first five eight, I quite uh, enjoy the first five eight. Yes. And as the decision maker, yeah. decision maker, yeah. and the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, tell us about this uh, very strange uh, person, John Temo of Androva. No. Oh. John Temo of Androva. <laughs> that was the name you used to register in secret when you went to Androva. Androva, yeah, Androva. Yeah, yeah, Androva, because, uh, Penny sorry. Because uh, Penny, uh, Penny was, uh, right. I went and stayed with him. Yes. So when I went in there, I said, no, I don't want them to know that I was playing for Helquin. So that's why <laughs> right, I said yeah, my yeah. name is <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you played a couple of seasons for yeah. them? Yeah, yeah no, just one season. Oh, one of, season. Uh, yeah. School holidays. Yeah? yeah, yeah. School holidays. So that's when I, I go in there, I said, no, I don't tell them that I'm playing for Helquin and all, man. <laughs> it will be unfair for them to yeah. accept. Uh, but it, you soon made yeah. the headlines in the local yeah, newspaper. The newspaper. <laughs> yes. This John Temo is a very good yeah. player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Temo, Penny yeah. Temo. Penny Temo, he's yeah. uh, And uh, so what was he doing there, uh, oh, Bosco? Yeah, he, he's working in a farm thing, oh, yeah. a farm there. Because yeah. he was in the British Army, or so, okay. so he finished and he went in with his family in the yep. farm. Yep. So just well, I was looking for someone. Where can I go for holiday during my holiday, man? Yeah. All right. So I, yeah, I go straight to him. Yeah. I go to him. Man. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, Bosco, you played twice for the British Barbarians. What mm. an honour! Eh? I went to Barbarians. So a lot of invitation yes, that yes, I go to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just <laughs> tell us about the honour of playing with the British Barbarians and the players that you played with. They were. Oh. Yeah, I think you know, on this day it's nice to go and meet up with all the other players. Yes, eh? yes. All the other players uh, uh, that you hit each other on the field and all yes. that. Then you go in there, you come become uh, one in one team. Eh? Yes. So it's it's a really good uh, time to meet up with all your friends, eh? your rugby friends, uh, and when those invitation 15s. Eh? Yes. 15s. And, of, and of course, your style of rugby absolutely yeah. suited the barbarians. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because uh, they, they really want to play those kind of games, eh? Yes. Barbarians and that thing. Eh? And, yeah. and they pick up all those top players, eh? Come into uh, for the Barbarians game and the yes. thing. And so they keep on pulling my ear. <laughs> yeah. You know, Bosco, uh, nowadays I hear that uh, the Barbarians players get 10,000 pounds wow. just for playing, eh? Mm. You wouldn't have seen that in your days, no, I don't no, think. Not even, <laughs> not even ten pence. <laughs> <laughs> but all for the love of the game. All for the love of the game. All for the love of the game. Yeah. No one. Uh, and you struck up a special friendship with the Welsh centre, Ray Gravel. Ray Gravel. Yeah, he uh, 
He used to always call you Bosco baby eh, on the field <laughs> eh, while you're playing. Eh? Yeah, play. That's why when, even though I'm a British barbarian, I'm a British lad here, the people still call him inside the field. Eh? Yes, Because yes. most of them are my friends. Eh? Yeah. So they, they, uh, they, they knew about you. Eh? Yeah. And uh, when you came home, finally, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people don't appreciate that in those three years you were attending um, the printing course in in London. Yeah. You went on your own. Eh? You left your wife Sainiana with. Uh, yeah, because back when in uh, Fiji. I said uh, my she was pregnant. Yes. And then Faru called me, boss. What final trial this Sunday? That we go and play one game in Swansea and one in Dublin. I said no. You know very well that I'm going to study. I wait for my wife to get birth first before I come. So I won't come for the trials. So I went and watched the trials at the uh, now uh, Bacchus Park. Right, right. When they changing like this, they look up. I was going like that. No, I'm not going. I didn't bring any boots, no nothing. So straight after that, back in Rewai, we were staying in Rewai. In the house, my he, my wife's elder sister's husband, were beer, and <laughs> on the radio to listen to the announcement. Yes. When the announcement came, the second name was mine. Man. Bloody <laughs> shit, I didn't attend the trial. Man. Yeah. So they pulled me, so they were camping at uh, USP. Told them, no, I'll be staying at home. I'll just come for training. Okay. Yes. Then we went. When we went there, yes, uh, when I was in England, then my, my first uh, baby was born. My first uh, yes. child was born. I didn't, that's what I said, I didn't meet her until uh, three years when I get off Nosuri Airport. <laughs> that's yeah. the first time I meet her. <laughs> and you say in the book, uh, she, yeah. in the taxi on the, taxi the way home, she was probably thinking. I told her wife, hey, <laughs> see that uh, boy, baby there? She'd be everything, who's this gentleman? <laughs> <laughs> so, that was amazing. never saw me before. Eh? Yeah, what a sacrifice. Yeah, eh? it's a sacrifice. Man. Well, three years. Well. Bosco, I tell you, uh, you know, that's uh, really... Uh, my wife, yeah, was three years, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Bosco. I know I don't do this justice because this is a rugby interview, but uh, you had a great career too in the in the government and uh, at FIT as the head of school of printing, and then you became the vice principal of FIT under mm. Sarawant Singh for over ten years, eh? yeah. and then you became the director of youth and sport. Eh? Yeah. Uh, when it was a ministry, you managed ministry. to get it up to be a ministry, standalone ministry. Yeah, it eh? was a ministry for education, youth yes. and sport. Yes. And then uh, when Rambuka uh, was the prime minister, was the, uh, he, he was the prime minister. Yes. I told him. I yes. said, look, I'm uh, director of sports. Youth is a very important thing. Yes. Now it's a, it was the Ministry of Education and Transport. Now when I see there all the bloody rubbish from there, they throw it to us. It's a very important element for development in our country, the youth, and it should have a special ministry straight away. Yes. Ministry till today. Yes. Yeah. It was made <laughs> a ministry. It's actually uh, you know been, uh, no it's made a government department again. But my yeah. question is, do you think the government should place more emphasis on youth and sport in this country? Yeah, I think it's uh, every because see the like uh, babies, eh? they become yes. the future, like the youth. Yes. Eh? I think they really have to get onto the youth and go out because when I was director of Fiji Sports, it took us about 13 months. We toured the whole of Fiji, tour Fiji, in the uh, Tikina yes. district, not just the Asan, every district. Yes. And then we telling the parents and the people there how they should look at the youth and telling the youth what their duties are yes. in the development in their own uh, communities. Yes. So that's why we went right around, uh, right around Fiji and Rutuma eh, on the thing. So they really have to do that. Eh, yes. go in and 
encourage our youth what yes. they should be doing and, uh, and their communities and all that, eh? yes. and what they should be doing, and I think. Yep. Mm. And then uh, in 1976, you were instrumental with uh, George Reed and others in the Marist Club to start the Marist Sevens, the St. John Marist uh, Sevens mm. in those days. Uh, when the uh, pri main prize was just a carton of beer, a few Five ten tons of beer, and yeah. uh, now it's a very, very big oh, sponsorship very, supported very by Fosters, of course, yeah. Paradise Beverages mm. now, and uh, up to $50,000, the biggest yeah, tournament, cool. one of the oldest, mm. one of the, it yeah. was the biggest in the biggest, world, biggest in the world, and uh, one of the oldest, mm. longest running yeah. since 1976. Yeah. Um, great pride, and you mm. uh, suggested it because it was something you did in England. Eh? You played the sevens I I playing sevens in England for the Harlequins team. Yes. And then I said I was on the wing. When I played sevens, I was the hooker. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I was the sevens, yes. Yeah, hooker. And uh, they'd be surprised when see the hooker scoring three, four tries a game. Yes. <laughs> so when we came, came back there, and I said, one evening we were drinking grog at the club. George Reed said, boss, said what? What are you going to do now? Because September thing finished, yep. April next year then Long started. Yeah. What are you going to do during this time? When? What can you do? I said, let's start the sevens. So we started just a club, eh? just yes. have a few what's in the club. That's when Carlton Brewery sponsored five cartons a year. Right. And then uh, next year, no Novo, QVS, all this come in. They started to come in. That's yeah. when all the teams come in yes. on the thing. So that's why I said that, uh, Costa, how are you doing the St. John, John Mary Sevens? Wow, it was really good, man. Yes. Really good. <laughs> it's amazing because, yeah. um, you know, it was a well-established game in England, eh? in oh, Britain, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not played here at all. No. Eh? And then no. uh, amazing how now we're wow. the world champions. No, thanks to uh, <laughs> the, really the start of it all with you sure. guys. I and I just too. want to touch on yeah. 1978, they named you the uh, coach of the Fiji Sevens team mm. to Hong Kong. Yeah. And uh, you made, you stood your ground against uh, selectors who didn't want to pick this man. Yeah. But you changed his life, Kata Ratumuri. Can you tell yeah. us about Kata? Well, see, I was the ground printing at the other. They called me FRU. Boss, can you be a coach to Hong Kong, Hong Kong 7? I said, I don't want to be a coach only. I wasn't the one to be a selector. To. So they said, boss, but they are selectors. It's like that. Find another one. I don't want a coach. Right. Straight away, half an hour later, they called me. Boss, you are selected too. So, okay. So the Albert Park, yes. we had the final trial at Albert Park, we go to Union Club, club for the announcement. I knew when we got the selector, he said, boss, Carter. He said, hey, boss, you know, Carter's a, he's in number he's a very dangerous guy. Street <laughs> I fighter. Said, I don't care. What I'm caring about, someone will get me the ball on the line out. Yes. That's what I care about. And that's why I want him. I knew that um, he'll never even that then his name will be announced. Yeah. So I went and one side from the door, and when his name was announced, he was jumping. Yes. And then that Sunday, even the family in Nambua invited me for lunch. And then there. Amazing, yeah, they're yeah. so proud of him. Eh? Oh, so but proud. as I said, he, at the time, no job. Yes. Straight after that, 1979, he got a job, security at the Nandi Airport. <laughs> and then the only problem is, Whenever I go overseas, when I come, as soon as I walk out, he'll be the first man waiting for me for the duty-free bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you changed his life, oh, Pascal. Oh, I changed his eh? life. Yes. Changed his life. Was, uh, changed his life. Eh? I remember him too. You know, Cutter was a lovable rogue. Eh? Oh, he was, yeah. uh, had a good heart, yeah. 
but he always seemed to get into trouble That's because right. of his size. Mm. And uh, I remember he played goalkeeper yeah. for Flagstaff oh, yeah. in <laughs> Suva <laughs> Club Soccer. Yeah. Yeah. And half the time he'd come to play half cut. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> and, you know, when the <laughs> high ball came, he didn't catch it. He just punched it. And a lot of times he punched the strikers <laughs> too. <laughs> they used to be so scared. Eh? But uh, Carter was one oh, very yeah, good sportsman. And, you know, he wouldn't. drank, smoked, yeah, but true, he could true. run. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I think that is a revelation to the people of Fiji. Yeah. He's uh, the first of the really big forts that I can remember in yeah. sevens, mm, yeah. running uh, yeah. with a ball in one yeah. hand. Bosco, the 1977 British Lions was your most famous victory for Fiji. Uh, in reading your book, I could see how everything in your life apexed to that uh, time, um, like it was meant to be. Your natural strength and f fitness upbringing, your education and smarts, um, rugby smarts, and you know, just being a very smart man in life in terms of your discipline and uh, your education and your work. The, uh, your achievements, uh, high achievements in, uh, in, uh, in life, in work, and the move from wing to fly half. I put it to you that not many men, uh, rugby players, could do that in, in our lifetime. Eh? And uh, three years playing for the Harlequins. So you came back to Fiji, and uh, the British Lions came in 1977, yeah. eh? and uh, you were the man. For the moment, eh? Inoke yeah. Tambulevu was the coach. Yes, a coach. But he yeah. let you coach the backs. Yeah, he uh, pulled my head to also coach the back line. Yes. <laughs> and um, I think one of the keys, two, two things that stood out for me in the book was mental preparation. Mm -hmm. The 1977 British Lions and the 2007 Flying Fijians team to the Rugby World Cup in France. Right from the camp here down at uh, the uh, down the uh, Coral Coast mm. uh, at Crow's yeah, Nest, eh? yeah, yeah. you Coast wrote Nest. there. Yeah. Wrote yeah. the boys. We're going to make the quarterfinal. Yeah. That was your that's goal. Right. Because that's the goal, and I have all of them. I prepared a daily program, daily and everyone has the yes. daily program. Yes, they read that, and uh, that's one of the goal in there to reach the quarterfinal. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I remember you yeah. showing it to me, and yeah. almost in disbelief, eh? like mm. quarterfinal. Mm. Rugby World Cup, yeah. right from day one when you handed out to the boys yeah, and, and uh, the mental preparation you mm. talked about. Mm. And you did that with the British Lions too. You told the men, I've I, played with these guys yeah, in England. Yeah, You're better than them. And I told them, them, look, I'd, uh, come here. You know, you just know that I came back from you. Every yes. time I go and play, how could we play? After that, we come and drink. Some of the players will come to me and say, boss, I said what? I played against you people. That's when we toured 1970, 73. Say so what? You know when we play against Fiji? I say what? When there's a loose ball and there's a rack on ball and then we come running in and we tuck our head. Soon as we tuck our head in Fiji wins the ball, you know the first thing come to our mind? I said what? Where the hell is this ball gonna be? <laughs> said this is what the whole eighty minutes we're gonna pressure them. Where the hell is this ball gonna be on the, the British lines? Yeah? Yeah. That's what I said after the game, straight away the coach came to me, boss, we played with 15 horses. Because <laughs> um, yeah. we just have to keep on the ball running. Yes. On the ball yes. running. <laughs> I remember it, uh, Bosco, I was still in school and uh, the British Lions had finished their tour of New Zealand. Yeah, yes, so we yes. absolutely worshipped them. Yeah. They lost the series to the yeah. All Blacks, but yeah. they won every provincial true, game, true. except yeah, one, true. I think. I can't remember. Yeah. Which one? But uh, they were a very strong team. Yeah. Very yeah. strong yeah. in the forwards. Mm. My idol was Andy Irvin at the fullback. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Bennett was the fly yeah, half and captain. Right. Right. Amazing yeah. team. Yeah. And you beat them here yeah. in Buckers Park in yeah. 1977. Eh? Yeah.
Very, very surreal. It's surprised you that we can build them. <laughs> yes, amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, Bosco, it's been a real honor. Thank yeah, you very yes, much sir. for no interviewing you no today. No and this is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> the book, Emperor Bosco, it's all about his life and uh, everything about rugby. Amazing read. And especially, I was very lucky to uh, have played alongside Pio Bo outside Pio Bosco for the St. John Morris Club here in Suva. Uh, in the, in the 1981, I think it was, 82, Bosco retired in 85, so it was amazing. He was uh, just like playing out, you know, playing outside a legend. I was very privileged to have done that. And uh, his book is on sale now all over Fiji for 49.95. You can buy it at Kundan Singh service station. Or Billy Singh up there, um, and I'm sure he'll give you a discount and uh, for 49.95. And Bosco's selling and them himself as well. Yeah. So <laughs> I encourage you. One of the best books, sports books I've read in my lifetime. So I'm going to ask Bosco to sign it for me now. Vinaka, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Cave Over Digital.